Welcome to PS Let's Talk Love. I'm Marsha. And I'm Solvay. We're communication professors and dating and relationship coaches. And in each episode, we'll be talking about dating, love, relationships, and all their complexities. We're here to help you navigate the sometimes awful, sometimes exhilarating, and oftentimes bonkers elements of all things relationships. We want to emphasize that this podcast is separate from our teaching and research at our university jobs. It is, however, part of our desire to bring dating and relationship support to folks everywhere. Let's talk love. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 41. We're excited to continue talking Ted Lasso. But before that, um, let's check in. Marsha, what are you loving this week? Well, I'm still riding my high of getting Taylor Swift tickets, always and forever. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, especially in light of new things like they canceled additional sales of her tickets. Did they? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. So they were they were supposed to be uh a general sale on Friday. Right. Okay. Yeah. That had been on the schedule is like Tuesday was pre pre-sale. Uh Wednesday was Capital One sale. Friday was general admission. And they gotcha. moved the Capital One or the Capital One got moved a little bit. But anyway, the general admission got ca- canceled. Whoa, <laughs> just like until further notice. Yeah, it's unclear to me if there like are no tickets left. Oh. Or okay. um if they're trying to figure out how to get those for sale in a way that is not the clusterfuck that was the pre-sale um it's i think there's definitely not as many tickets left as they thought anyway anyway all of that is to say that i am feeling really good about all my day-long endeavor getting taylor swift tickets and i'm feeling really good about having gotten my max amount so that people in my life who want taylor swift tickets can buy them at not a uh, ridiculous price because i will sell to my friends at cost right like i'm not going to give them a markup (laughs) i'll make them maybe buy me like a drink (laughs) (laughs) that seems fair um oh oh, yeah that must especially given all of that i've seen a few things in the news about it but i haven't admittedly read much about them but I I I must feel really good to just know that you have them yes I I do feel a little bit like it still feels surreal like I actually got them um but then I also purchased part of my outfit for this event is it many months away yes but I Um, found a great skirt you did what did you I think you were were you telling me about that were you telling us about this last week I, I don't know it's a it's a sequin it's like pastel sequin. If if you're familiar with Taylor Swift's work, it's like the Lovers album colors. Mm. And it's kind of rainbow-ish and it's sequins. And I think literally it just arrived at my house about two minutes ago. Oh, if no, you okay. all heard my doorbell ring. I don't think we could hear it, but that's okay. exciting. Yeah. So you might actually be able to wear it to next week's recording of the podcast should you wish <laughs> that would be a really festive um, <laughs> piece of attire perhaps I will take a photo of it for the Instagram Ooh, that's a great idea <laughs> hopefully it fits <laughs> it sounds awesome I love that you're thinking yeah. about those things I I think that's a really fun way to savor all of the build up for the next yeah. six months seven months however long it is it's a while. It's a while out. I'm not going to try to do math live on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a few it's not until July. It's a while. It's a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm loving that. I'm also, I have a movie recommendation. 
um, which I think you will like too. It is called The People We Hate at Weddings. Oh, I've seen um, promotion for that, promotion for it. Yeah, it's good. It, it's on Amazon Prime. I enjoyed it. It, I mean, it's not like the best movie I've ever seen, but I had a lot of laughs and I enjoyed it pretty thoroughly. It has a really good cast. I saw uh, that. Kristen Bell is in it and Allison Janney and Ben Platt and um, I think his name's Dustin Milligan who played Ted the veterinarian on Schitt's Creek oh that guy okay yeah. I don't know yeah okay but I know yeah. who you're talking about fun just like a um, fun is it funny is it a funny movie or is it's it a funny drama? it's like I would call it comedy almost I thought initially it was a rom-com I guess you could kind of put it but it's more like family comedy okay um I like it because I like anytime Kristen Bell plays a dirtbag, like a <laughs> shitty person. Does she do that in this? Find, yeah. yeah, she's like a real asshole. And <laughs> I, I just really enjoy her in those kind of roles because she seems like a, a really delightful person in normal life. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But in yeah. interviews, she seems sweet. So when she's kind of an asshole, um, I, don't know, I just find her. Yeah. Enjoyable. So it was, it was funny. I would, I would say it is not really a like watch with your parents kind of thing. I was just going to ask you if it's a family friendly one. No, <laughs> I do want you to watch it. And then I want you to, <laughs> to understand why I'm saying it's okay. not a family. Friendly. Don't tell me. Don't tell yeah. me. You're, don't, yes. Okay. But good to know. Cause I was definitely like, uh, I'm going up to Fairbanks for Thanksgiving. And I was thinking about family, family yeah. viewing. Have you watched The Crown with your family? Not. I think we tried once and for whatever reason it didn't go over super well, but do you should I give it another try? I I mean it, I could be blocking things out. I don't watch it really closely. I'm not like a hyper fan of it. Some people really really love it. I find it a bit boring. Yes, me too. That's why yeah. I haven't watched more, but but everybody says it's great. So then I'm like I'm confused. I'm very confused by that too. I, I don't know. People like love, love, love it. And it wins a lot of awards. And I'm like, it is beautifully shot. Like there are some great aspects, good actors. I still am really bored by it. Like okay. 90% of the time. I have gotten a little more into it now that Diana has showed up. Uh, Cause I, I like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just thinking like, it's not there's not sex scenes. I don't think there's any nudity. <laughs> no cussing you know? or sex scenes. Yeah. Those think... are the things I'm looking for. Well, they're guys. very proper, right? Because it's like all the royalties, so they're all acting very proper. So that's why I'm like, sure. well, that might be good for your family. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, yes, maybe, maybe that's another thing we can ask the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what should we watch with our families? <laughs> Thanksgiving. Um. Yeah. Anyways, the people we hate at the wedding. Yeah. Movie. Solid movie, solid for some laughs, not with your uh, traditional parents. Right. Good good with friends, good with a partner. Dustin didn't stick around and watch it, um, but I, like I said, I enjoyed it. So that is my rock. Love um, it. What about you? What are you loving this week? Um, well, first what I'm loving, which I almost didn't say because I was like, this is kind of a boring update, but it's boring in the good way. Like, I think I had this conversation with my mom the other day where she was like, things are ordinary, but they're good. And that's a good thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that feels like a, that feels true right now. Like I feel good. I feel just like things are going well. I feel content. This week is just this week. And the past week has been like, I feel content. And I've had these moments of just appreciating that. <laughs> 
appreciating yeah. feeling content. I think there was a time this this past year, there were probably a few months where I just was really feeling discontent. And I I couldn't, you know, there were, there are things I could point to, but I was, I just, I, I could, it didn't feel, things didn't feel great. And right now they feel good. And I don't really know why. I can't really tell you what's changed, but I'm just grateful for that. That's awesome. I mean, I think that sometimes we live life like thinking like we always have to have like something that's like, I'm trying to think like blinking, right? Or like, yeah, the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, like there has to be something. And also there can be a lot of beauty in just like a a normal day. I think so too. And I think, I think contentment can actually be kind of revolutionary since we're basically um, told by all advertisements that we should want more things and not be content, you know, like there's a lot of societal messages to be about, you know, wanting more and needing more and what do you need next? And, and granted, I often want lots of things. So it's not, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm a human, I guess in this society, but yeah, and just feeling I, I was driving today, just in the past, I like, there have been several moments over the past week where I've been like, I feel content. (laughs) That's amazing. And that you can recognize it. Yeah. 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 And also for me, this time of year often is one where I'm like struggling with the light levels and stuff. So I think that Mm -hmm. also might be why I'm really noticing it is like, wow, actually I feel okay. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. Especially going into the holidays. I feel like that's a really good place to be in. (laughs) Because holidays can be stressful. Agreed. Agreed. So far, so good. And the other thing that I was, this is just like a thing that I love that I'm kind of curious if you've been doing lately. So after I bought my house, I had like very little extra money for the past couple of years. And so I haven't been doing a lot of like splurgy extra things, but recently I had a little bit of extra money, which might be why I'm feeling better. Side note, just a little bit of extra money. And I decided to, um, I hadn't gotten like a, um, like a stitch fix box in a long time. And, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I really would like some new clothes, but I don't really feel like, you know, I don't know. You know I just kind of want someone else to choose for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I ended up ordering uh, a stitch fix box and a wantable box. Mm. I feel like you do this stuff more than I do. So that's why I thought I'd bring it up on here because I, I, I mean, I didn't keep like everything in the box or anything like that, but it was great. I, I feel like the stylist in both cases, like got my size, right. Which is awesome. Um, and, and gave me like really good options for things that I would, I mean, honestly, if I had the money to keep all of it, I might have, like, I like, I liked it. I liked the things in it that much, but instead I was like, I'm going to choose my favorites and send the other stuff back, which I think is also like, uh, that also felt good. Um, and yeah, they just, I feel like they did a really good job with both of the, both of them. Like I would do it again. I I'm not doing it like every month, but do you do either of those right now? I used to do Stitch Fix. I stopped because I kept, they kept sending me too many skinny jeans that I already like was like, I don't want any more skinny jeans. And they kept sending. Weird. Oh, no, it was really weird. And I think I just it, it was also COVID times. And I'm like, I mean, how many new sweaters do I need? <laughs> that may have anymore. been why I stopped, too. Yeah, yeah, I think there was some point where I was like, I don't really have extra money. And also I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm wearing the same three hoodies. <laughs> Right. You're right. That was also there. Those two things were there. And this fall, I've been like teaching in person again and feeling like, Ooh, maybe I could use a couple new pieces for myself. So they think those things have added, but yeah, both, both, I think are great. They're kind of seem like the same quality, but different brands that they're sending. 
did you have one that you liked more than the other at all? Or do you feel really equal on them? Mm, good question. I think pretty equal right now. I think the stitch fix people. Okay. But just to be clear, I'm like very specific about, I'm like, here's my style vibe. Go look at this TV show. This is the person yeah. that, cause I, I, this is like what I'm into right now. So I like give them lots of notes about what I'm feeling right now, but what I love. Okay. And the stitch fix person was like, we looked at the this character of the show. Like we looked it up. So I was like, okay. And they're seeing me good. That's good. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I appreciate that. I can I can appreciate that. Um, are you wearing a sweater from it today? Yeah, this one, which one? I don't remember which one I was from, but it's from one of them. Yes, new sweater. It's a very pretty sweater, listeners. For what it's worth, I noticed it right away because I was like, that looks cozy. It looks high quality. But yeah. Anyway, it's on video, but it looks like expensive. Well, thank me. you. I don't know if it's expensive, but it is. I do feel like also I said, I think I went up from like the bottom quality because my one of my critiques of Stitch Fix in the past was that I didn't like the quality of stuff they were sending me. So uh-huh. I think I was like, okay, I don't want the cheapest thing that you have, but give me like, I also am not ready for the most expensive. Give me mid-range. <laughs> yeah. I think I did mid-range. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I think I'll keep, I mean, I don't think I'll do both. And so I guess if I have to, if I have to decide, I will probably not do wantable. And I don't remember why right now, but I feel like maybe I just was excited that Stitch Fix people actually looked at like my recommendations, but either way, I was impressed with the quality for both. All right. If either of them would like to sponsor us, we would both happily accept. Yes, we will. (laughs) I actually think now that I'm looking, does that sweater have thumb holes? Oh, it has thumb holes. Yeah. Which I think I have that sweater in a different color. Anyway, so that is something that's been fun. This and I I, have you, are you subscribing to any boxes right now? I have Rachel Zoe box of style, which actually is now called curator. I think Um, it's, it's pretty spendy, but you, and it's not clothing, it's quarterly and you get like a purse, usually an item or two of jewelry, usually some kind of skincare. And then like, sometimes you'll get like a hat or like a nice shawl. I don't, it's, it's all pretty expensive stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I probably will cancel it after okay. this year. It's it not be. It's just I. I feel like I think, like I have enough gold bangles. <laughs> like right. I like them, right. but right. you know, yeah. you only need so many. And she does a lot of chunky earrings, which are not my vibe very often. Like I will do that once a year, and I don't need you know seven pairs. But yeah. I do like it. One thing I do like about it is it it makes it. For, like I get things that are great gifts for other people because they're high Isn't end. That, yeah, yeah. I think I gave you a pair of earrings. Oh, yeah, thank time. you. Yeah, yeah. They're nice. They're just it's less individualized. It's like everyone gets the same box for the right. most part. Um, but I like I really have enjoyed the purses that I've gotten from it. You get a pretty good range. Um, and bags are not something I buy myself, but it's nice to have. Like a couple different ones. I've had a lot of friends who have borrowed them because they, you know, they'll send me different size. Like, see that big one? In yeah, the back? that's one from there. Yeah, it's like cool. a tote. But then they'll also send like a crossbody one or a clutch at the holiday season that's like sparkly. It's pretty cool. Yay! Yeah, yeah. If they want to sponsor us. I if any of these companies want to sponsor. <laughs> we're open yeah I remember doing um those are ones though that you it's like you don't send it back right you like you just get a box it's like yeah I like those too 
I did yeah. the FabFitFun one a couple uh, a, a couple years back. And similarly, like, I feel like it was good quality. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I might do it again sometime. But I also got to the point where I was like, I don't need more random things. Um, but it was good for gifts. I agree. So, yeah. yeah fun, fun everyone's. And also just like fun to get a present box in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the one thing I really like about this curator box is I get one like right at Christmas time, like right before Christmas. And I, the spring one, I always get the week of my birthday. So it feels Ooh. like I got myself a birthday gift and like they, everything comes individually wrapped in tissue paper. So it's like, it's pretty fun to unwrap it all. So that is the one thing that keeps me like, keeps you going. So nice. <laughs> Now I'm going to have to look it up. I will put them in the show notes, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listeners. Did you know we have an online course that we've created? It is called How the F Do I Date? For anyone who is single and dating these days, you know, there's just so much that goes into feeling confident in your dating life and being able to date it with relative ease and a bit of success. So that's what we have tried to create in this online course. It combines all kinds of ideas that we've talked about here on the podcast in a curated way to support you and walk you through setting some intentions before you start dating, knowing really what you want being able to show up, communicate in the way that you want to when you are actively dating, whether it's an online dating or trying to meet someone in other ways, and then moving from those early stages of dating into perhaps an exclusive relationship, if that's what you're looking for. So all of that is in this online course. The link to purchase it is in our show notes, and we would love to have you join us if that would support you in your dating life. All right, listeners, we are on season one, episode eight of Ted Lasso. So a quick recap of this episode. It's the morning after the Everton win and that big night out in Liverpool, we see Ted Roy and Keely all kind of grappling with the events of the previous night. We also get to witness the formation of the Diamond Dogs and see them provide insight to both Ted and Roy. Ted proves his support of Rebecca and his dart plane acumen, thwarting another attempt by Rupert to weasel his way back into the team and cause increased pain for Rebecca. And we see the episode end with both Higgins and Keeley standing up to Rebecca for her continued desire to destroy the team. Those are the things that happened. Uh, and for this episode, the way that we want to kind of tackle it, tackle it, address it, <laughs> um, is to folk. We'll start with the, what we see as kind of the overarching theme and give you all a few beats to that and then break it down really by the storylines, um, specifically the Keely, Roy, Jamie storyline and the Rebecca Ted storylines. And dig into those communication techniques used. So that is the I, plan. 
I'm sorry. I do want to say, I do want to say, I realized I wanted to give a nod to the fact that we probably have some people who are listening to this that are also football slash soccer fans and the world cup is about to start. And I just feel like we need to, to name that for the, the football fans myself included. Do you think you're going to watch any of the world cup? Um, probably we've been putting on football in the mornings on like Saturday mornings. Cause it's like playing live when we first wake up, like at six yeah. in the morning. Yeah. We've been popping games on while we have our morning coffee. It's been kind awesome. of fun. I almost messaged you the other day to be like, do you want to watch some soccer? And then I was like, oh my gosh, all the games are going to be at like 5am. I'm yeah. probably not going to want to watch them. I know but- that's the only <laughs> downside. <laughs> at least with those games. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, I just felt like I needed to make an, since we are talking football, sort of amongst many other things, (laughs) happy world cup, everybody. I mean, tell us it was about football, but is it about football? (laughs) That all kinds of things. We're mostly talking about the relationships, but my favorite part about it, Ted Lasso, is how little we actually see football happening <laughs> during the show. It's like, like last episode, they had an entire game and we saw none. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. So be curious. One of the themes that plays throughout. Right. And we, we saw, I mean, Ted has a really beautiful monologue about curiosity toward the end of the episode. And we're going to talk a bit more about that um, later on. But I thought one of the really fascinating things about this episode as I was rewatching it today is how often people were asking questions and how many questions they were asking. And I hadn't noticed it the first few times I watched, but specifically knowing that the curiosity monologue was coming I was just kind of like like oh it all starts like every scene somebody's asking not just like a question they're asking multiple questions I thought it was just a really beautiful way to highlight the value of curiosity I mean Mm. even that opening scene or one of the opening scenes is with beard and ted and and ted explains what had happened with sassy and he says i don't want to talk about it ever again and beard then is like do you want to talk about it like it (laughs) opens with the question and before that beard had asked like are you okay right like there are so many examples of question asking i thought that that was a really wonderful way to highlight that that's great. I love that you noticed that. I hadn't noticed that particularly about the episode, that, but now that you're saying it and I'm looking at all my notes, I'm like, oh yeah, there were a lot of questions. Good observation, Marsha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even in, when they go into the office after after that, I love that Ted's like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And I don't normally hook up with people or whatever he says. And then they're like, did you have fun? Did she like those questions are being asked? I love that they also asked, did both of them have fun? Like that made me really happy in that part. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, as we've talked about before, the show really sits in a more feminine space. Like again, the they were dissecting the relationship and the implications of what had happened right like something that we traditionally assign as more feminine behaviors and to see a group of men doing that and not in a mocking nobody made fun of it right no no it was it was not a joke 
and he, Roy came in and like they kind of said something about like I like your insight and he was like no but he didn't make fun <laughs> of it he just was like I'm not interested in talking to anyone so yeah I just I mean, love that I love that too and I think isn't it even Nate who asks did she have fun and I was like good job Nate way to way to ask we to ask all the questions, maybe not all the questions, but to make sure to ask about her as well made me happy in the beginning. Yeah. Again, curiosity, right? Like this, these are examples of curiosity and same thing, um, you know, later on in the episode when Roy comes in and gets some support from the diamond dogs, the same thing happens. And we'll talk more about the Roy encounter in a minute, but right, like they asked a bunch of questions during yes. that as well. Hey, I have a question that I meant to ask you anyway around this. I did not understand where the name Diamond Dogs came from. Do you get that at all? Is that like a reference that I'm not catching? To the song? It's oh, a- is there a song? I Then I definitely don't know yeah. it. It's What's a song. song. It ended. It's called Diamond Dogs and it ended this episode. <laughs> oh, really? It's called. Okay. Well, no, it- no idea. Who yep. sings it? It's a famous song. Oh, hold, hold. For... I wish we had a sound engineer who could just who like could work Google. in the song David right Bowie. here. Okay. Yeah. So yes, it is a reference that the I favorite. do not yeah. know. I should. Okay. Wait, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Thank you. It's an album and a song. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Every once in a while, I totally miss some sort of pop culture thing. But I was like, when they were, I was watching it again. I was like how did they come up with diamond dogs? Like, where did that even, did you, did you get where that came from or did they just like the song? You think I have heard the song before. And so when he said it, when I think the first time I watched it, I was like, Oh, I'm familiar with that. Like, I know that's a song. I didn't know any much more about it. I'm like not a huge music head unless it's Taylor Swift, but I knew it was, I knew it was a song. Okay, great. I'm glad I asked because I had a mental I feel like you've heard, like, I think if you would listen to the song, you'd be like, oh, I've heard this before. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm going to listen to it after we record this. Again, wish we could insert it right now. But anyways. We um, do not have the financial abilities to do that. (laughs) Nor the editing talents. (laughs) We could edit music and we could do that. We just couldn't afford it. I feel confident in the editing abilities. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked. So curiosity, y'all. Curiosity. You learn new things. Yeah. Um, So so in, we talked about Roy going in with the Diamond Dogs. I think a couple of other examples of just curiosity we see peppered throughout the episode. Like we see Keely in the press room with the players a couple different times talking about like what asking them what they're interested in so again like there's question asking and then Keely and Roy in the press room twice we see them doing some Q&A's and then also Keely and Roy on their date Keely talks and again we'll talk about a a little bit more about dig into that a little bit more here in a, a second but just lots of examples of question asking throughout the episode some of them more serious than others but again so many of them 
And then we also see examples of where people did not ask questions or were not curious, right? Or curious in the moment, at least. We see Keely feeling confused. I mean, of course she asks, and again, we'll talk about this more, but asking Roy if he wants to go to coffee and then him saying he's busy and her not in the moment, at least asking follow-up questions about that and jumping to some conclusions that perhaps he's not interested, which, you know, we I, understandable. I think any of us who might've put ourselves out there before and said, do you want to do something with someone we made out with or had a kiss with? And then someone said they're busy. Like, I understand why she would come to that conclusion. I just want to say, but also yeah. we can talk about that more when we get to yeah. that storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and then we also see the consequences of not being curious with Ted and Rupert and the darts. Yeah. Like he doesn't ask him if he'd played a lot of darts as Ted points out very eloquently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then in the end of the episode, uh, just kind of another example of Rebecca not being particularly curious about, you know, her motivations and what she's doing and or and reflective about like why why is she still doing this mm-hmm. and i think that that you know a lot of these examples we've talked about so far have been more curiosity about other people but i think like rebecca is a really prime example of she's not being particularly curious about herself and like what is she doing and why is she still doing that and why is it she's still trying to hurt others cuz it's i keep forgetting that she's still on that path. And I, I think I did the first time I watched this too, it would be like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, right. She's still, tr- she's still doing that. That's still a yeah. story. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You seem to like everyone. Yeah. That's such a great point. Yeah. that self-curiosity. It seems like she is really, especially towards the end of the episode, being called into asking herself some important questions about yeah. what the heck she's doing. Yeah, I want to ask her that. Well, I'm glad Higgins did. I feel like he was the voice yeah. of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Great, great point. Yeah. yeah, so great. We see many examples of people being curious and then many examples of the consequences of people not being serious or not being curious. Yeah. I think that I was thinking about you while we were watching this episode, while I was watching this episode, because I feel like you are a really good question asker. Like Mm -hmm. you are curious about other people a lot. And I do feel like it's also a skill. Like I I know a lot of people who will say they don't know, not, not, not how to not be curious, but like they don't know how to like have conversations with people and my response is always well you just ask questions right like people love talking about themselves <laughs> but I also do think that it's a skill to like come up with what is a good question to ask somebody that's actually going to get them talking and get information right like and not like in a conniving way in a mm-hmm. kind way honest way <laughs> Well, thank you for that. And and I do think it is a it is the spirit of curiosity um that we can have. I was I was watching the show that you and I have talked about before, Starstruck, where they're just I just was re-watching it as well. And they're terrible communicators in the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was watching is just people again not being curious with one another, not knowing how to ask questions. And so I think when you just turn, when you just I don't even know. I mean, I think probably for me, it comes naturally. I'm naturally curious. So I don't know if I can explain that exactly, but I would say like when you just become a bit more other oriented, 
right? And, not, and get out of your own head. Sometimes I think it's getting out of your own head and out of your own way and turn and, and being curious about the other person. There's just so much you can learn. But thank you for that compliment. I think also as um, that skill is one that people who are in the coaching world have a lot of, because that's what we do is ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. You can help someone a lot through asking questions, counseling too, right? Yeah. And I mean, I also think education and, and I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of professions that it like is more, you get more practice naturally utilizing those skills. But I also think there's an element of like, you have to trust people I know a lot of, not a lot of people, but I've heard people talk about having fears around curiosity with others, like asking questions because they're like, well, I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable. And like, and I have a joke with, with a friend that I'm like, I will ask, she's like, you'll ask like the, a personal question, like something that I, she's like, I can't believe you'll ask those things. And I'm like, yeah, but people always want to answer it. Like, mm. it's not like offensively personal, but I will be like, how is your relationship with your mother? <laughs> with somebody that I don't know like really really well but people want to want to talk about it and if they don't they won't talk about it like I trust that somebody can have a boundary and they'll just tell me the surface level if they want to yeah 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 I think for me I'm just not I also just am more personally interested in depth in conversations and so I just get so bored if it's only surface (laughs) Right, right. I'm it's, way more. Maybe it's self-serving because I'm just like, I tell me some more real things. I would like to know some more real things. <laughs> well, I think that that's the value. Of, I mean, I, I think that, that that that's what Ted is also saying in this episode, too, is like when you get to know somebody, like if you actually are curious about them, yeah. if you're looking for depth, you're going to find depth and like really interesting things. And when we hear other people's stories at at worst, it just makes us more empathetic, right? It broadens our perspective. And at best, it helps illuminate parts of ourselves. And like, it's just like win-win, right? When we hear yeah. other people's stories. It's just, I I have said to numerous people recently, I'm like, my like ideal situation is like, I'm sitting in my kitchen with somebody and just asking them a bunch of questions and listening to their life. Like, I love that shit. It's so That's interesting. So fun. Do you want to be asked questions too? Yeah, I don't mind that. Like, (laughs) yes, yeah. I, but I also like. I really enjoy hearing people's stories. I don't mind sharing my stories as well. I mean, you know, reciprocity is important. But I'll be the one who's gonna start the question. Like, I was joking with somebody that I'm like, yeah, I'll start the conversation with like, and when was the date of your first period, and how did you feel about that? Tell me what you fear most. <laughs> oh my goodness. Why? Well, this must be why we're friends because I think questions are in many ways my love language, you know, like not only do I like asking questions, but I also like being asked questions. I like, I really like both. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'll offer up stuff pretty easily if somebody doesn't ask a question. I'll be like, mm, I feel like I should talk about this now. <laughs> You're good at that. I think I've learned that skill more over time. Well, let's think about Keely and Roy mostly, although Jamie, Jamie sort of shows up here too, right? If we think about, if we think about these interesting relationships, dynamics that we follow through this episode, um, we really start off with 
seeing Keely be unsure, right? I mean, with the last the last episode, we saw her and Roy kiss. We saw her check her breath because she was like, he just left. <laughs> he just left. And now she, I, I mean, I think that's like the most unsure that we've seen Keely. I noticed when she goes in, when he's, I mean, granted, it's kind of a weird situation where he's getting like massaged and she talks to him and asks him, if he wants to go get a coffee. Right. And then he says he's busy. Yeah. I mean, isn't this like the most quintessential early stages dating encounter? Like, right. I feel like anyone can relate to it that like, well, and I get the feeling that yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I get the feeling that Keely um, doesn't get rejected often. Right. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I think she's on her heels, right? She's on her heels after the encounter outside of her room that they didn't hook up. So she's like, I, I think like, I think we've all been in that where you're like a little bit disoriented where you're like, this is not how this story normally goes. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the trajectory that I'm used to. Yeah. Well, and what a, I mean, that's also an example of a thing that happens to us that we do for ourselves is we write these stories and we expect that like that's how it's going to go. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, right. No one else wrote the story with me. I wrote that all by myself. (laughs) And there are some other people around that is important. Great, great point. I'm a really good romantic storyteller and doesn't often go the way I think it should. Yeah. Yeah. And so Roy says he's busy, right? And in, in a pretty matter of fact way, he says he's busy and that's confusing for Keely. Which is yeah. funny because Roy's actually being straightforward. Right. He's being honest. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think like if we're thinking in terms of like I was thinking about emotional bids and I know that they're not in like a full relationship of any sort, but it like that was her like little bid, right? Like, sure, I could use a cup of coffee. Right. And then she asks directly and he just rejects the bid right like the more ideal Mm -hmm. situation would be he's like oh I'm busy today but how about tomorrow agreed (laughs) like this I think is demonstrates how inexperienced Roy I mean probably both of them but in this specific example how inexperienced Roy is with this type of dating right Mm. like yeah that you have to be a little bit more communicative. Otherwise it can be misinterpreted. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yes. Ideally he would have said something else like, yeah, that, that created space or an opportunity for, um, for connection still. So yeah. Great point. Yeah. Cause I can also understand, I wouldn't want to be like, you want to get coffee today? And they're like, no. And you're like, okay, well, what about tomorrow? <laughs> like, right. Like you're like, okay, yeah. does the, is the no a gentle letdown? Sure. Yeah. Hard to know. And I mean, they, they sort of know each other, but they don't know each other that well yet. Not in this context, right? They, right. they seem right. to know each other more like as casual acquaintances than anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Great observation. Yeah. And then it kind of pops right to the interaction with Keely and Jamie. So, and we kind of see Keely sort of still stewing and also how relatable is her staring at the phone and the text that she sent him hours ago with no response. 
Yeah. Oh my God. It made me, so it made me have like a little bit of trauma response from Aww. my dating days. <laughs> like, I like and I think this, this is such a great example of like not jumping to conclusions too, right? Like, I mean, I, I have talked about how I'm a bad texter. I could totally see a situation where somebody texted me and I saw it and then I like was busy, was yeah. busy and just didn't respond. And like that, it could just be that, but that's not usually where our minds go. It could, but also I would like to give a pep talk to anyone who's dating and say, just if you're in those early stages, send a text that says, Hey, I'm going to something that I always go to on Tuesday nights, but I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Right? Like if we're, if you, if you, yes, it's totally relatable. And for anyone who's, uh, who's in those early stages, just a little nod to like, I see you, I see you, even if you're not normally a texter, maybe step up your game a little bit for early dating stages. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in just to push on that, I don't know if he owes her that at this point. Well, no, he doesn't owe her anything, but it would be a thoughtful thing to do. Just like, I mean, if we're, if we're thinking about what would be thoughtful, if you, I mean, we, it seems that he's somewhat interested in her, right? Yeah. So saying something like, did she text him? What did she text him? Or was she just looking at her phone? I can't she remember. She texted him and basically was like, hey, if you get done with whatever you're busy with later, we should could like something like that. It was oh, like, okay. It was kind of a follow up to the conversation that they had had in the training room. And yes. I'm just just to push on it. I think I'm also like, Keely, just take a beat, like give it a second. Roy could have texted, but also he he can also live his life not obligated in that in that. I think if they were in a, a more of a committed relationship, like there is more obligation to respond. Mm-hmm. But given what they are or aren't right now, I think that she is reading too much into his lack of communication. Well, I agree with you. And just to be clear, I wasn't saying obligation. I'm just saying like, if you're, if you're starting something up with someone and you know, you've said I'm busy earlier and didn't say anything else. One thing that would be nice to do could be to say like, Hey, I'm busy right now. I mean, it's just a, it's a thoughtful thing to do. You don't have to do it. And yes, for all of us who might be waiting on a text and having some anxiety around that, just giving it an extra beat or 24 hours is a good practice. Yeah. I think that that, I mean, I I think like it's, everything is scales of gray, right? Like you, both of them are right. And both of them are wrong (laughs) at the same time. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or nobody's really wrong. It's just like these different, we have these different expectations. And so we see that here in this Mm -hmm. situation, right. Where he's, He's off doing something. We don't know what, and she doesn't know what we learn, right? Right. Then Jamie shows up. Right. And they're good at sex, and he's at her house. (laughs) And he's nice and appreciative. Yeah, I love that he's been reflective. I mean, I think this shows real growth with Jamie that he says, you taught me not to get in my own way. Thank you. You know, he's, he's, um, yeah, he's done some growing there and some, he's done some introspection. Yeah, I think that that like you're like, oh, hey, Jamie, you yeah. you were curious about yourself. Look, mm-hmm. another curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Here's what yeah. I didn't love about that though. 
I didn't love that he just showed up at her house. She had already set a boundary of no, we can't be in my house. Mm-hmm. That's I didn't true. Love it. I didn't love that. I mean, I for the purposes of the show, I understand why that happened. But if like we were to look at this as an actual live situation, I would be annoyed if mm-hmm. somebody, if my, if like if Keely was my friend and she's like, yeah, Jamie showed up, I'd be like, what the fuck? You told him <laughs> no. He could call. The phone exists for a reason. Yeah, I hear you in that for sure. Yeah. Good point. But it was a very nice conversation. And it was it, like they seem to have like real affinity for one another. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, I guess was it last episode or the previous episode? I can't remember. I was saying like, go Keely with your boundaries. I guess she totally didn't uphold her boundary in this situation. But um, and I guess it's only been like two days <laughs> the show unclear when that jb conversation happened but yeah yeah Yeah. the first one yeah um and also it's fine like you can you can have sex with your ex like go for it if that's what you want to do it just it's like oh you you slipped back a little bit from some progress she seemed to be making yeah yeah and then we bump to Roy asking Keely out <laughs> officially which looks like the next day or yeah. we don't know it seems like it seems like these all happen really close together yeah so he asks her out and she you know they sort of have this whole exchange where some clarity is reached right like i think that this is a really good moment for their relationship and we see like curiosity playing out where she instead of continuing to sort of play the game, which I think is the space she was in up until mm-hmm. like right at this point of the like, well, I can't text him yet or right. Waiting for him to respond. She kind of decides like, no, I'm not going to play the game. Like, what the hell do you want? What are we doing? Yeah. And just directly says it, which I think what a great example of like Roy clearly is a direct communicator. Like, not much is subtext it's all there it's all all very clear so yeah. i think that's such a good way to to like engage with him too agreed and i appreciate that in this episode he he does um disclose that he's trying to do things differently i mean we we you and i talked about this in another episode of ours here but that he is saying i'm trying he says i'm trying to do things differently i should have told you that and i appreciate that he acknowledges that and says that to her even from the very beginning yeah yeah he says i'm sorry about that now um now, can I take you out? I do. I really loved this part of the exchange where she said, I, I have to tell you something. And like, we're being honest with each other. So I have to tell you something. I slept with Jamie. And when he goes, yes, I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene too, or that interaction too. Did you write what he said next? Because I thought that was interesting too. I mean, he, he says they're being very honest with one another. And he says, so you fucked him for, he, you fucked him to get back at me for something I didn't even know I did. And she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's some interest. I mean, some, uh, I, I love the direct communication there. I love the insight that Roy has in that moment to say that. And I love that she like agrees like maybe maybe and I think that's that's such an interesting example actually let's just pause on this because that's such an interesting example of like 
honestly self-sabotage, right? Like her hooking up with Jamie the night before while she's waiting for a text from Roy, while she doesn't really actually know what's happening with Roy. I mean, the fact that Roy just growls and then leaves is a pretty great response given given what she did, which 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 understandably would be annoying slash painful for Roy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like what is beautiful about the scene is their direction, their directness, right? Like they, once they, once they get to it, they're both just like, okay, I am going to just lay it all out and I'm going to be honest. And she, I think did not realize what she was doing fully until he said it so explicitly to her, right? Like, I mean, sure. She kind of knew deep down, but didn't, I don't think she would have had those words until he said that. Yeah. And great introspection. I mean, and and honesty in that situation ultimately i mean i think that served them both well that that conversation happened like you said and then i just i mean it just cracks me up roy and his sounds like basically just like he has no more words in that moment he does seem like somebody i mean i think we know that he struggles with anger actually we learned that in the last episode yes and so I just want to also acknowledge him for not flipping out in that moment. Like he could have freaked out in that situation and maybe he was internally, but instead like he has no words and then he leaves Mm -hmm. again. We don't know how angry he is, but for somebody who sounds like they have quite the temper, I, I acknowledge him for just deciding that he's going to leave the room in that moment. Yeah. I mean, it's maturity, right? And she even says, do you want to, walk away and talk about this when you have words again and like which is what you should do in conflict right like when you are in a place in conflict where there is not going to be any productive conversation you give each other space to process and consider everything like they despite the fact that she like slept with Jamie and while they're you know all of that stuff everything else that they're doing is actually like textbook great conflict management that yeah. like the they were direct. I, I mean, I, I just think it's worth noting too. Like, imagine how much more impact this this thing, this information would have if Roy didn't find out about it for another six months. Mm-hmm. That she's like, well, actually, before we started dating, I said, like, then it feels like a betrayal. As mm-hmm. opposed to right now, I mean, I think there's some level of anger and betrayal, but it's not it's not to the same degree as if she had kept this a secret. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And then, yeah, for him to not, I mean, neither of them got defensive. I think that that's what we see here. Neither mm-hmm. of them, they, he was mad. He's clearly upset, but he's not, she's not getting defensive. She's telling him what happened and he's not taking that out on her. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and talks to a friend. Yeah. And Which I is mean, another great example, right? Yeah. Roy. Roy goes and talks to a friend. Who would have thought in episode one, this is where yeah. Roy Ken would be. He comes and seeks help with the diamond dogs. <laughs> Can I share my favorite line from this at the beginning? Oh, I think it's is the it same yours line too? as mine. Yeah, go for it. Is it the one where uh, Ted is saying about the different kinds of shapes mm-hmm. and he's... <laughs> And Roy says, does my face look like it's in the mood for for shape-based jokes? Such a great line. To be fair, it rarely does. 
<laughs> Justin and I quote that line to each other constantly. Oh, and really? That that line? We like like whenever <laughs> well, we'll insert like they've they've used this rhythm or they use this rhythm again in the show. The do, I never know what to do, or like, does my face look like it's in the mood? Like they use that joke setup a couple other times. So okay. we use that like a lot of times we will just say, does my face look like it's in the sh- or it's in the mood for shape based jokes? <laughs> and then the other person says, it does not. But to be fair, it rarely does. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, my favorite, my other favorite line is the one right before that when Ted is like, oh, here, let me guess. And he says, says one thing. And then he says, you just realized your dad might be a little bit racist. <laughs> and we go, stop. He's in his 60s from South London. Of course, he's a little bit racist. There's so many. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And then Ted says, because we just, let's just keep quoting things. I mean, the line, I'm rounding up the diamond dogs. They're just a group of folks who care. Not unlike folks in a hip hop concert whose hands are not in the air. It's a really well written. I wonder who wrote this episode. Oh, it's so good. Oh <laughs> and then the Diamond Dogs show up, and they all saw this coming. That was the other sweet thing is they were all like, "Oh, this is about Ted or Roy and Keely, isn't it?" Saw this one, and you're like, "Okay, everyone has been tracking this too. We're not the only ones." Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! There's just so much good. Yeah, this scene is so great. What are other things that stood out to you in this scene? Well, this is, I think I talk about this scene specifically so often in my life. And I, I think that this, in terms of media and pop culture might be one of my favorite scenes that has existed. Because I think like, I love how they kind of subvert what you think is going to happen. You think that everyone is going to be like, yeah, like, how dare she fuck Jamie, right? Like, almost it can go you watch a lot of other shows and it could go slut shamey it could go Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this is a problem Mm -hmm. and everyone in this in like in ted lasso they are like no like you're an adult what what's like let's look at (laughs) they ask a bunch of questions and are like okay what's the situation there there is no nothing like this is nothing grow up and get over it you're both people with romantic histories like that's how the world works. Just get over it. I just think it is so well constructed and highlights like, yeah, that is how we should be talking about these things, right? Yes. Like, this is a great model. Such a great model. And I love when Roy says, I can't control my feelings. And then Ted says, well, by well, then by all means, let them control you, right? Like that's, that is such a common sentiment right oh i can't control this feeling right but also this feeling is then controlling you right and this is this is a moment where roy is speaking of self-sabotage could have totally blown it with keely yeah yeah i mean if he could have let why i mean ted ted literally says after that don't let her pass muck around with your future right like Mm -hmm. why let this one thing that she was honest about that it's not like they were dating. It's they had no like official connect. Like I don't know, their relationship was not official in any way, shape, or form. It was yeah. really ambiguous and unclear, which he actually acknowledged like several minutes ago. 
and and to like just like let this go don't let one little thing one little hang up prevent you from having a really good relationship yeah so good and then aren't men weird he just says you're all pricks and then leaves (laughs) i love that i mean beard also said grow up and get over it which i like that as well i love that too yes yes i mean i'm teasing about men but i do think that's funny that he's just like bye (laughs) i feel like that is showing like roy maybe evolving and learning but also he's he's still roy still Roy yeah Uh, good stuff good stuff yeah and so then he goes back right he goes back to keely and they have an adorable exchange in the press room adorable so adorable and they're playful and he says i'm done being mad about jamie i'm a grown man i'm not a baby child i'm over it (laughs) i do kind of think that them pointing to like hey grow up get over it like one of his big issues with jamie specifically is that he's like Mm. a little baby such a good point yes and so i think like that actually like the beard line was small but i do think like pointing that type of stuff out is like a really nice extra push for somebody like Roy in this situation of like, hey, you're supposed, I mean, I think this also connects back to that thing that Ted said a few episodes ago, like, don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you. Like, that's sort of Roy's journey is like, you need to be learning from your experience. Like, you are not a little baby man child or whatever he said. You're not a sexy little baby. (laughs) Or a sexy little baby. You're, as Jamie has said, granddad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then they have this really playful interaction and agree to go to dinner. Right. So what a, what a cool thing. Oh, and then we see more with them. We see more with them that, that this episode. Yeah. And then we get to see a bit of their first date uh, and they have another, just another upfront and honest conversation where Keely is sort of expressing and disclosing some of her vulnerabilities, right? She's, She's very like, vulnerable. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to be blindsided if you're dating somebody else and kind of spirals a little bit. And and then he discloses what he was actually busy with, which was extremely innocent. It was him and some 60-year-olds doing yoga and going to a drag show. <laughs> some 60-year-old women, a group of women who don't know who he is. <laughs> I really love that because I feel I was like I envisioned my mom. Because oh, like, my mom would so never great. know a professional athlete. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. And then not only that, they have this great kiss. And then he stands up for her, basically, and for them with the paparazzi, right? Like, mm-hmm. and he just in sexy Roy Kent way goes and gets the whatever that is. What are those things called? The like the S- the memory whatever. card, SD card. I'm all yeah. I can't complete that sentence. The memory card yeah. for the photos super hot super hot Roy well and I love how that comes back I mean that's jumping ahead a little bit but like he grabs and he says here's pictures of our first date and and it seems like such like a throwaway scene and then like it really it really comes back at the end it sure does but don't you love that Roy's like come on I'm cooking I know I'm like of course Roy Roy is cooking could you be hotter I I I have been in love with Roy Kent since day one. This just is why, like these examples, come on. I mean, I think anyone that watches the show, I don't know how you could not be in love with Roy. (laughs) I don't either. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
anything else about the Roy Keeley Jamie dynamic? I think we really covered the important things there and some important things for anybody who, if you're thinking about this in terms of your own dating or relationships, the ways you're showing up, definitely like definitely hear these things that we're talking about. We're really trying to point out some of the things that are happening relationally and the ways that people are communicating. There's a lot here that you can take away and apply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good behaviors, releasing people's past, letting it be in the past. Managing your anger in conflict situations. Yeah. yeah. Being upfront and honest, right? Like being vulnerable. Yeah. Lots of yeah. good stuff. There's also some good stuff with Rebecca and Ted this time, right? Yeah. I mean, some, good, some all kinds of, some all kinds of stuff. Right. Happens between them. Right. We, we kind of see, I, I thought it was really nice. We see that um, Ted goes and once again, thanks Rebecca in person for, helping him when he had the panic attack in the previous episode. Like I, one thing again, that I think this show does really well is like, he doesn't seem to have shame around that, right? Like he Mm -hmm. goes and he's like, thanks so much. Like, I appreciate what you did for me. I, you know, I, I'm here for you or however he phrased that. Like it wasn't, I think another way to play this is he's embarrassed and doesn't say anything about it and like tries to just forget it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we have learned from Brene Brown that shame, like hiding things and not being vulnerable and not speaking those things is what can be most problematic. Mm -hmm. It disconnects us, right? And in this case, he's seeking out for connection with somebody who's already, you know, really showed up for him. Rebecca really showed up for him in that moment. And so the fact that he goes and talks to her also, I mean, it's funny that we don't, she, he doesn't talk to her at all about having hooked up with her friend, but presumably they both know that. <laughs> we don't know. Well, he specifically said, like the diamond dogs tell him, don't tell her. Oh, does that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. But in any case, he doesn't talk about that, but he still has a good conversation with her about other things. And by the way, they both hooked up with people that night, which I think is like, though we haven't talked about that part, they're both coming into this scene having had a hookup last night. <laughs> They're both have a glow, a very nice glow. (laughs) I love that. We, let's see. We also see Rebecca, you know, one, I think this is a a step in the right direction for Rebecca. We see some growth in that. He says like, Hey, I I'm here for you. Think of me. Like basically I owe you, but he didn't say it in that phrase. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But she immediately is like, actually there is something that you can do for me. And like, that is not the Rebecca that we first met. She yeah. would not have asked him for a favor. And like, she wasn't super, super vulnerable in that ask, but she certainly was like, Ugh, this is like something that is hard and I don't really want to do, but can you come do this? And he was like, yep. And made a bunch of milk jokes about the milk sisters <laughs> that were 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, they were great. They were great. Yes. Yeah. And so he, you know, again, he follows up, right? I mean, again, when we talk about people being there for one another, he is there for her in that moment. He not, he, those wasn't, that wasn't an empty offer, I guess is what I'm trying to point out there. He wasn't just like, Hey, thank you. I'm here for you. He was like, Hey, thank you. I'm here for you. And okay. This afternoon. Sure. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point. And I think like we've talked before on this podcast at some point about like trusting and believing people. And I think this is an example of her believing him, right? Where he offered and because of the trust he has built, 
through his actions and the time that she has known him knows that she can say, actually, yeah, there is something and that he will show up and he will be like, he will be helpful in that scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We show up for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have such a beautiful friendship building. They sure do. Other than her trying to like, you know, take time to ruin his life (laughs) (laughs) or ruin the team, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so then we get to the, then we flash to the scene at the pub, right? Where all of a sudden it's not though he's made hilarious. I really, I just want to shout out to the joke about Bridget Jones dairy because I really love Bridget Jones diary. It made me really happy that that got a nod in this scene. And so we're getting ready to read the meet the milk sisters. And then it's Rupert again with the new Rebecca or whatever we call her. Bex. I think they called her, Bex. he called her Bex. Also when Rupert showed up. He, he's like, the milk sisters aren't coming. He goes, Ted goes, oh no, did they expire? So many good milk jokes. So many oh, good milk jokes. It was jokes. painful, but so wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I think that the, the actress that plays Rebecca does such a great job. You can just see in her demeanor and all of her body language, like her go from like, she was like, not looking forward to this meeting, but she wasn't dreading it. It was just like, Meh. and then like, she just crumples and you see everything harden as soon as Rupert shows up and he is like extra assholery. Oh, he's just the worst. Yeah. And so we find out he has, he has bought the team. Well, his Bex has bought the team or bought a little tiny part of ownership. And he is now, going to show up and make Rebecca's life a living hell. That's basically talk about direct communication. He really lays out his evil plan. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just like, oh gosh, just leave her alone. Like I feel so, I don't know about you, but I feel so defensive for Rebecca and like, like just leave her alone. And I love that we, that Ted knows her well enough also to see that as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and he's had experience with Rupert at that point too, right? Like yes. he knows yes. the impact that this asshole has had. And I also think like it's unfortunate because Rupert is awful. He is objective, sub- objectively terrible. And I also am like, just like go away. But also I have to like hold on the other hand, like she is also doing the same thing. Like she may not be showing up where he is to fuck with him, but she is also fucking with him with this team and so they're just like that's true being awful to each other i mean we see in fairness again we see we see the humanity of rebecca we don't see the humanity of rupert which Mm -mm. does exist i'm sure i I mean he's a total narcissist he's yes i'm sure it exists maybe we'll get to know that in season three (laughs) We haven't really gotten to see his much of other than he's engaged again, other than he's engaged again. And he's so happy about it. Yeah. To a woman who's very much younger than him. And it's, I mean, there is, I have like some sadness for her because you're like, oh, we, we see what he did to Rebecca. Totally. This is probably going to happen all over again. I was thinking about that too. She's like, I thought I was going to pay off my student loans first, right? Before I, I bought a foot part of a football club. Like he's just going to get, he's just going to do it over again. Um, I, yeah. It's interesting to see that too. Cause 
she is essentially it seems in some ways she is just a pawn like she's part of the collateral damage of all of this kind of in the same way that ted is for rebecca though in like in this time yeah, yeah at least right this now period. yeah 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 and uh rupert also is sort of over ted it seems he's not that that isn't trying to mask anything in front of ted and they um play some darts there's a, a little bit of a build-up to that but that's essentially what happens is um and i really really love the moment when like they're deciding what the bet will be and ted specifically says it's going to be that rupert can't come to any home games and there's a couple more back and forth and then Ted goes, Oh, I forgot I'm left-handed. Like, and you're like, Oh, I thought this was going to go a different way, but maybe Ted is not as much of a ding dong as we thought. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. And so we see, and we already talked about this, but Rupert having not been curious, being overly confident about some things and, It's just so satisfying. It's so satisfying when Ted wins that game and says his wonderful monologue about being curious and not judgmental, the Walt Whitman quote. Yeah, I think that this is also the moment in the show. I think as an audience, we really get insight into like how how in on it Ted is. I think I think that there is this misconception people have with people who are cheerful and mm-hmm. happy that they are stupid or that mm-hmm. they like aren't aware of or the naive world around or, them. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that there there is like a like there's some level of looking down on that a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I think that sometimes when people are happy and cheerful all the time, like you know, present the way Ted presents, it's interpreted as you're not like you're just not with it like you don't know what's going on you're not noticing people laughing at you you're not noticing the things around you and I think this is a really beautiful demonstration of like no 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 I I know what's happening I'm just just choosing to not participate yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wrote that he's not as much of a ding-dong as the people writing him off think he is which I think like up until this point like you're seeing glimpses of that but this really pounded home the point of like oh no he knows he knows all the like ribs and like kind of shitty comments that people made to him he was aware of what mm-hmm. they were doing he, he maybe acted like he didn't take it on but he heard it he's not dumb and yeah, I, yeah it's just so beautifully done and a good reminder to be curious yeah and I love how at the end, after he wins, he like whispers to Rebecca and she's like, oh, do I have to? And then she buys around for everyone. <laughs> he's paying attention. He's paying attention. And he's got her back. He's really got her back. And that even with that move, right, of saying, now you've got to do this too. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ted understands a little bit more about getting everyone on your side, right? Like he understands yeah. those Ted- dynamics. <laughs> he sure does. Definitely. It seems more than Rebecca does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so we see like really a really positive interaction like Rebecca celebratory and there's a really lovely scene with the team where she like screams hi at them right like everything is up it's really an up moment and then um 
Higgins comes in and, and, and lets her know that they have to do something about a bunch of extra tickets that they have. And she immediately goes to like, it's like her comfort space of, oh, but I'm destroying this. Mm-hmm. And he finally is like, this is some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Again, curiosity. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And some a real observation on his point of you won't take away your pain by constantly punishing Rupert. Like you, mm-hmm. you're still going to be in pain. Higgins is so wise. And I mean, what a good reminder to all of us too, right? Like hurting somebody else isn't, it never makes you feel better. Yeah. And I really appreciate his accountability because then Rebecca, understandably, was like, where were your morals? Oh, you've got morals now. Like, where were they earlier when blah, 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 you know, the situation with Rupert, Rupert. And he says he takes accountability there. And he says, you're right. I should have been braver. I'm sorry. And I really appreciate that part of what Higgins says as well. He takes he's direct. He is accountable for a mistake that he made. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like with Roy not letting Keeley's past mess up their future, he Higgins isn't letting his past screw up his future too, right? Like at some point you have to own and get over and you can't always be held, your feet can't always be held to the fire for something you did one time. Like at some point you have, everyone has to like move beyond that because like that's life. We're all going to screw up and mm-hmm. he has to live with that. And Rebecca can't keep holding it over his head anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he owns his mistake mm-hmm. and all of that I think is really well done. So he says he quits, right? He's like, I'm out if you're going to keep doing this, which is him, you know, again, taking a stand for something at that point. Mm-hmm. And then we see the scene end with Keely walking in, right? Keely walks in. She knows. She knows that Rebecca coordinated having those photos taken of her and Ted. And she says, either you come clean or I'm and tell Ted or I'm gonna do it. it I mean, she's she's pretty ticked off. And she's direct. I mean, I think again, this is excellent. What a great, what a great way for that photographer to come back, like that little moment in their date. Yeah. Like I did not see that coming the first time I watched this. Um, Yeah. And she's very direct. She's like, I know that you did this. Don't even try to lie about it. And she confronts her extremely clearly and and gives her like, you do this or I will. Full stop. Goodbye. Um, And so Rebecca is really having to like live with the consequences of her actions now. Yeah. Yeah. It's an end scene, right? I mean, that they're... The end. All right. Well, we're going to see how this wraps up. Thanks so much for listening to the PS Let's Talk Love podcast. We want to send out a special thank you to Medium Build for our show music. And if you enjoy this podcast, follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support us, it's super helpful if you could give us a five-star rating and leave us a review sharing what you're loving right now. Really, we want to know. And if you don't like it and you got this far, don't worry. You do not have to listen to us again. You can just, you can just forget this podcast exists and move along.
You can catch up with us on Instagram at ps.welovelove or follow us on TikTok at psconsulting. If you're interested in private coaching or learning more about our online classes, go to pscurators.com to learn more and find free resources to support you. See you next time.